I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Jim Rats and Joints, hosted by Javon Shepard, Andy Routens, and Danny G, Dan Gladman. With producer Dan Wong and me, Jeff Cole. Brought to you by Henderson's Brewery. The best beer is the beer you love. Let's rack it up, Danny G. All right, thank you, and welcome to the latest episode. We made it to episode two of Jim Rats and Joints, so that is going to be considered uh, a bit of a triumph for us. You know, basketball's back, the NBA's been going, and it's been going strong. There's nothing I like more than having basketball games on and being able to talk about it with some of my best friends in the world, and we got a couple of up-and-coming superstars in sports broadcasting. They're right here. They're going to be with us every week. Their names are Andy Routens, Javon Shepard. Guys, how you doing today? Doing well. Good to be back. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You better you stop, stop lying to people, Danny. They might believe you. <laughs> they might start believing me at some point. They might start believing you. I mean, they, they, they got to believe about you, man. I mean, you have been on TV, radio, podcasts, internet, like crazy these these couple of weeks on the Canadian Elite Basketball League. It's a lot of ball. You know what? It, but this is stuff I'll be doing regardless. I'd be in a chat group with you guys or, you know, AR and I would be in a gym somewhere. So it's nothing. Nothing's different. It's just on another platform now. No, so he's, he's, he's still having fun with it. That's one of Shep's uh, trademark things is his <laughs> humbleness. I think he's writing the book on how to transition as an athlete into a professional spectrum. So I, I, I got to agree with that. Yeah. I mean, wow. Like. Yeah. A month ago, I barely even knew who the oh, guy no. was, and now he's <laughs> he just should be teaching a course on this. Let's be real about it. It's incredible, man. The the humility aside, For but sure. wow, I mean, that's I, easy I now. It's easy now because it's still summer. It's still August. What happens in when in September when we're used to being away? Oh yeah, and it's just like oh, the anxiety will kick up for sure. Wait, I'm not in training camp, yeah. and it's getting cold outside. Yeah. Yeah. What happens next? So it's funny you bring that up because I've been I've been going through this thinking about what it's going to be like Labor Day. You, you know that feeling on the the Sunday and Monday of Labor Day? It goes back to the six years old. You know what's coming? It's, it, it's school. Right. And and I was saying to my to my dad the other day that uh, it was always school for me, and then it was basketball season and going on the road with it with an nba team and going into the you know what i used to call the shit in a good way <laughs> but now yeah labor day is gonna come and you know on tuesday morning i'm gonna be like feet up drinking a coffee <laughs> no basketball anywhere new beginnings baby <laughs> that's right we're, we're all I, I think all three of us are uh reinvented right now reinventing ourselves and it's it's pretty cool to have you guys to be doing that together it, with it's fun man we're, we're leaning on each other doing it at the same at the same time right mm-hmm. so not only do we support each other, but learn from each other at the same time, right? Absolutely. So, and Danny G doesn't even realize he's still a mentor, at, even though he's rebranding himself as well. Oh, so, without a doubt, I need I need a mentor somewhere. <laughs> we got we got Dan Wong for that, and like miraculously, I mean, there might even be some people listening to us talking about this. Hopefully so. so, so good. So, why don't we uh, now that we've got the housekeeping and the the pleasantries out of the way, let's uh, let's talk ball. I mean, I think we have to start 
with the NBA, and I, I mentioned the CEBL, and we will get to it. Um, but th- there is a a comfort level, a familiarity with with the NBA being back right now. And for me, it starts with uh, my biggest concern, which was the health of the athletes, the coaches, the staff members. You know, everybody who is is in that bubble in Orlando. And I just I, I have to take my hat off to Commissioner Adam Silver, the league. You know, we'll talk about who's playing well and what the broadcasts look like. But the fact that they've had zero positive tests for COVID-19 in an era where, you know, the states are just slammed with it, especially Florida. And here they are. Um, I, I guess my question is, Andy, I'm going to I'm going to start with you. You know, should other sports leagues, other professional associations, maybe even outside of sports, you know, should they be looking to the NBA as an example of how to get through such a difficult situation? I think that the NBA and Adam Silver have absolutely set the bar uh, for a, a, a very uh, tough challenge. It's it's a first-time issue that everybody's dealing with. So I think that he's, uh, like I said, set the bar. I know that there's a few MLB players that have actually tweeted to Adam Silver saying, you know, bring that policy <laughs> here because we don't have – we don't know what's going on. Um, and just ran out and played, huh? Absolutely. I mean, (laughs) so from my understanding, they're starting to tighten, uh, the, you know, the the face masks on the bench, uh, the umpires are supposed to wear, unless we're talking about baseball, umpires are supposed to wear masks now. Um, you're not supposed to be in close proximity with your teammates when you're uh, eating meals and you have your mask down, but ultimately the amount of the sheer amount of tests the NBA are doing with, with a daily test and they have the rings that they can tell if you're on campus on site. I think that to me is, is going above and beyond and, and they spent probably above and beyond to protect the players and protect the brand. And I think everybody can take a note out of that book. Um, a lot of NFL guys are also really scared to go back. A lot of them are opting out of playing. So, uh, I mean, it just goes to show you that there's been, you know, maybe a handful of guys in the NBA who, who didn't want to go back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they all follow his lead. I think he's been exceptional. Would you, would you have felt comfortable going into this? Knowing what we know now, probably yes. But maybe at, at the beginning, Shep, if you were expected to go into a bubble in Florida and say, you know, early July... Were, were you? Would you have been cool in that situation? You know, I think for me the biggest thing would have been, I'm going to Florida. First of all, that would have been that would have been my problem. But obviously, the the NBA I'm sure would have taken the necessary protocol just to ensure this the, the safety um, and health of you know the players as well as, as staff um, and so forth. So I think where that's concerned. Not, I wouldn't be as worried because I know Adam Silver and, and you know any all the higher ups would have taken the necessary steps to just ensure the safety. The other thing you know that I do have to commend them for is one the health and safety of the players, but two I, I'm I'm no health expert by by no means of any measure, but um, you know being locked up and cooped up I think for anybody else can play can be a health concern as well like mentally and and so forth so i think just having live sports back also um you know just helps with with that aspect as well people you can't really go outside but it gives them something to do something to look forward to as opposed to being locked up with your problems and with your worries in you know in your home no fresh air nothing like that so again i i know nothing about health but i do know that can take a toll health-wise 
um, just being isolated on on you know have other health ramifications. Well, well, for sure. And, and I just I think about you know when you're playing defense and you're getting right up in a guy trying to guard him and he's breathing all over you, he's sweating all over you. In those first couple of weeks, it there had to be something something in their mind to kind of. Um, maybe you just don't step on the gas pedal as hard as you might. You know, from my perspective, you know, the idea of going into the bubble as, as a, a, a television producer and, and being in one of the trucks, you know, I, I, I would have been a little concerned about it. I think ultimately if I really searched myself, I would have said yes and I would go. Um, but you do realize when you're going into that bubble, you are cutting yourself is, off from the world for three months. Funny. It is funny to see these guys, you know, playing a contact sport and then getting to the bench and everybody has on masks. It seems yeah. counterproductive, yeah. but... Um, I think that the daily tests, though, are, j- are just an affirmation to the players to know that they're in a, in a bubble of safety. Um, and those who don't show up for the test, they don't perform. They can't play. Right. So you have that peace of mind knowing that, you know, there's no there's no getting around, uh, you know... So hold on, they're getting tested every day? Daily tests, I believe. Oh, yeah. they, and probably daily, quick, daily quick returns of the results as exactly. well. Which if they're having that, the same test we had, by the end of this, they'll have no nose bed. <laughs> 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 well, I'm sure whatever the top technology and the testing is right now, you know they're getting it, which is a whole other question, right? I mean, all these basketball players are getting a daily test. They're getting a quick result while you got tens of millions of people in the country who have to wait Eight ten days. That that's you know what that's yeah. a different podcast. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think we want to. I don't think. We wanna, but I I do think that overall the fact that the NBA is playing is to the benefit of at least a, a fraction, a portion of the American population, the world population that that needs something like this in a time like this. So while COVID has sort of has has been well handled by the league in the bubble. I can't help but notice that there's injury, there's issues with injuries. Mm. You know, LeBron didn't play the other night. A groin. Jimmy Butler's missed a couple of games. Um, Utah, uh, Gobert, Mitchell, Conley uh, are not going to be playing for a little while. Mm-hmm. It, can can you speak to the situation that they're in, the breakup of the season, the restart, what they went through for four months away from their teams? Is that Andy? Is that contributing to? some of these injuries to top top players absolutely i mean if if not physically at least mentally um i think you get to a, a certain place when you're not playing uh and you know you can't work out that you know you're losing yourself and your conditioning uh and then you start to worry about you know the weight you may have accrued uh, during the time off and that obviously has an impact on your joints uh-huh, uh-huh. um but the ability to not be able to do anything, get out of your house, uh, go for runs, i think that had a major impact and i think adam silver gave them 3 weeks uh, of training camp and usually it's it's about a, a month and change plus games um so it's a different it's a whole different ball game and you know you look at a guy like you know jonathan isaac just tore his acl you know you wonder yeah. is this because of that um i know that when i was playing with the national team for canada uh we were we were playing the u.s uh sorry we were playing brazil and uh, uh barbosa barbosa yeah uh, we had an extra quick warm up that day. It was only two <laughs> yeah, minutes yeah. because we had to crunch time for the for the next team to get uh, the game went late, and we had to uh, obviously be on the schedule because FIBA runs a tight ship. Right. We only had two minutes of warm up prior to the game. Oh, uh, wow. And uh, Barbosa, as you know, the blur, one yeah. of the quickest oh, yeah. guys in the league. You know, trying to stick him as a college guy was <laughs> nearly physically impossible, <laughs> right. mind you. Uh, uh, you know, I was. I don't want to blame it on the fact that we didn't get time to warm up, but that certainly couldn't have been a, a realistic possibility. To, yeah, you always have to think about yeah, it. Yeah, uh, you know, he wound up 
obviously being as fast as he is, taking a cut, and, and my leg went one way and he went the other way. I completely tore my ACL. Um, and, and you have to wonder, yeah, like do you have the proper amount of time to have a dynamic warm-up because basketball is a fluid game. You know, you need to be uh, fully prepared on all, all cylinders before you get in the game. And, um, you know, you can't help but to think that this is a, a big concern for players. Yeah, well, the, I, I definitely think that that is a factor. And then it's funny you bring up the Brazilian blur because, yeah. you know, he played with the Raptors. I worked on the games in those years. And Great guy, by I'm, the way. I, I, I was going to say, one of the yeah. nice, you, like you wouldn't think of it. Didn't not, he not, check in on you? He came to my room. To the, yeah. Yeah, wow, really? Yeah. And I was just a college kid at this point playing for Canada. So, you know, he's he's a guy who was with, you know, the Phoenix Suns at the time, yeah. I think. And yeah. He's, he's all the way up here. So yeah. that speaks volumes about the type of person that he is. Imagine him and Nash on the oh, same yeah. team trying to, yeah. trying to not to mention Amari Stoudemire, yeah. Marion. And you, like, had, when and you, you had the D'Antoni offense there as well. Don't yeah. forget yeah. Joel Johnson. Oh, was Joe, man. Joe Johnson. That was, so, that that was a peak. How did they never get to the finals? Beyond me. Robert Ori. <laughs> remember Robert Ori's check. Big Come on, man. shot Wong. Oh, geez. Yeah. yeah. But I got to throw right. out, Dan, we were just talking about injuries. I'm looking at the Denver Nuggets. Oh, yeah. The Nugs. Dude, this is one of the scariest reports here. Let me see this. Yeah, Jamal Murray That's hasn't played. Jamal. Gary Harris hasn't played. Will Barton hasn't played. All to the eighth. So they're all not even stepping up yeah. mm-hmm. but how are they going to be so there's a question these guys back to the warm-up but these guys are going full speed with a group of guys well it's amazing with the nugs michael porter then you have to talk about guys who get opportunities yes a hundred percent a hundred percent next man up i mean this this kid was you know one of those kind of controversial he i think he only played maybe 10 or 12 games at missouri mm-hmm. Um, you didn't know. You didn't know if you wanted to take the chance on drafting him. A little bit like the Raptors drafting OG Ananobi. You look at that now. But you and watch like, his yeah. AAU clips. You knew this kid was something special. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for the sure. stuff he was for doing sure. at six ten. He was playing in the proams in Seattle against Jamal. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Not Jamal Murray. Crawford. Yes. Oh, Crawford. Jamal yeah. Crawford. Pardon. Okay. Just, Zach just, Levine, to, just adding that. That's a Michigan guy. In case you that's guys forgot, I, I saw Jamal Crawford put up forgot. a couple of fitties. He yeah. still go. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, yeah. Oh yeah. He showed up for Brooklyn the other really? night. Really? Yeah. A couple dimes, couple buckets. See, there, there you go. Yeah. So Shep, um, I imagine you're talking to some of your friends and former teammates in Europe. Yeah. Are Are they? How are they preparing for the upcoming season? Is Is Europe going ahead with their plans? See, and that's funny because. They can't prepare, but they have to stay prepared. Right. That's it's it, as crazy as that sounds because a lot of those teams don't necessarily know when they're going to start. And then on the flip side, there's some guys that have promises to a contract, but teams are still um, working out their budgets. So at the same time, you don't know: Am I actually going to sign? Do I know if they're going to lowball me, or is this going to be a decent contract? Or is it the rate for COVID? Or is it the rate, right. the COVID rate? Yeah. And then at the same time, at the same time, is this season starting in in October or is this season starting in December? What are we working with? So there's so many variables right now and so so much uncertainty that guys are kind of, you know, in limbo as to as to what happens. And then you add in the fact that only now are gyms really open and guys able to play basketball as as preparation before everybody was outside running and jogging in the fields. There's only so long you can do that to really prepare for a season and then like you said you get over there now you probably have to isolate for another two weeks and then jump into training camp I mean, this is a potential risk 
of, right. of injury. Which also begs the question for a European competition, uh, you know, you have your, 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 your country games that you play in and then you play European competition on the weekend. So the Euro Leagues, the Euro Cup, Euro League, Euro Challenge. Uh, every time you go to a new country, are you going to quarantine for 15 days <laughs> right. just to play yeah. one game? And then you're going to come back, have to quarantine again. It's going to be almost impossible to get a whole season in. So there's and a lot of question marks. There's another, here's another twist. I'm going to plot twist again. Uh-huh. Luckily, you have dual citizenship. So the guys that the American guys probably aren't going to be your first pick to come over considering what's going on in, in, in America right now. So does that give the Canadian athletes, the Canadian players an opportunity to get jobs that they wouldn't have before? I think it gives guys on a lower level, like uh, yeah. college, fresh out of college guys, I think guys that don't require as much money, uh, an opportunity, an opportunity to get into yeah. get into yeah. clubs that potentially have, because some of those guys aren't going to be able to cross the. Some of the Americans aren't going to be able to get across the border. For sure. One, for sure, and two, once that starts happening, teams aren't going to necessarily want to sign them. So, of course, I'm going to look at a league like CBL that's going on right now, trying to identify a player that's maybe a smaller budget player but can still fit that role. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the Euroleague teams, they've mostly filled the rosters. I think you know. The guys that are from the states that are big names, Kyle Hines, uh, yeah. Mike James, you know, they, they've already signed and negotiated their contracts. But um, you know, who knows when they're trying to bring them there? Yeah, or how long they're training. I know a couple guys that haven't even left Europe. Right, they've exactly. still they've stayed Aaron there the whole. Is a prime example. Yeah. Wait a second, Mike James is still playing. Uh, no, 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 not <laughs> no. Mike James. Because <laughs> Daddy G no. probably played with him. Mike James is Mike James is an absolute yeah. killer. If you don't know, we actually we played the together. Mike James. He's literally the Amityville killer. Oh yeah. my! He wore it on his shoes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We mean, played together in Italy. Really? His, was it six? His second year out. Okay. So and I've actually had him up here. Yeah, that's right. A couple of times staying with me. And, yeah, yes, good yeah. kid. Well, yeah. Are we, and he's playing with Chester. No, no, you guys, you okay, guys are I'm, talking about. I'm, I'm stuck no, on the no, old no, no, Mike no, no, James. No, 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 no. You guys are talking about generation the old, gap here. Yeah, you guys are talking about the old Mike James. The Amityville, the Amityville killer. You're saying the the new Mike. The James. new Mike James. I think he's, you guys are talking about Bernie Lee's Mike James, his client. He played for Raptors for a minute. Yes, he had yeah. one, and that year with the no, not that Mike James. Okay, yeah, you yeah. guys are talking about the young Mike James. You're talking about the young. Mike I'm talking James. Mike James, senior, yeah. senior. See, well, he, he had an amazing year. With no, the you guys are showing your age now. You guys, <laughs> that's what we're doing. Eventually, it was going to happen. Uh, there was there was no avoiding it. Uh, what, one thing, one thing I always I like to press people on this. I'm going to press you, and I'm going to come to you about mm-hmm. it too. You know, you're telling me you got to stay prepared, kind of to be prepared. Yeah. You know, you don't know when the calls come. You, you, you know, and for someone like me, I'm staying prepared by reading articles, reading mm-hmm. books, and trying to feed my mind so when the time comes to talk basketball, to write about it, you know, I've kept along. Tell me really what what can a, a, an athlete do, you know, not necessarily a top-flight NBA athlete, mm-hmm. someone in a position who may or may not get a contract in Europe, might get called to, to play somewhere in the world. Literally, how, can, how many hours a day do you have to push your body to be in athletic shape to, to go into a training camp with a pro team? You know, it's, it's difficult. It's tough to say because that's layered as well. I, think, I don't think it's the, the number of hours per se, but I think it's, it's working smart. Like you, you can work hard, yeah. but you have to work smart as well. And I think surround, it goes far beyond just what you're doing on the court. But you also have to surround yourself with the right company, um, you know, just to continue elevating your game. Like there's there's times where 
you know, when we're playing, when we get in the gym, it, there's four or five pros or somebody that's, you know, maybe coaching or training us that's been a pro themselves so that you guys can all bounce ideas off of and, and have shared the same level, understand what it takes as opposed to just trying to figure it out, figuring it out by yourself. And I think that a part of, you know, our culture growing up, that was a, a little disconnect. Everybody was in their own little lane. Yeah, yeah. And had their personal workout guys. Had their personal workout guys. And even, and that's far beyond basketball. You have to, like for myself, I'm transitioning into the media side. I can't, you know, become the the best person I am, best best TV personality or personality or analyst if I'm stuck in the gym with Andy or, 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 or whomever else, you know, six hours of the day. Like I have to have conversations with Danny G. I have to have conversations with Danny Wong. Um, and just understanding what it takes because it's far more than just what goes on on the court because everybody sure. can go in, into the well, gym and throw Don't up forget a our CBC friends you've been talking to. Right, right. Ms. Karen Sebesta, Karen Sebesta, Jeff Perlman, Jeff Perlman, Paul McDougal. You, these guys were, were working with for the first time at CBC and I, I'm glad to have you there in those, in those <laughs> chats because right. it, it's all uh, it's all a new, new bag for me. Andy, you, to me, you look like you could step on a court for a pro team like tonight. What, yeah, how are all you? I do is stand in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to be in shape. As long as, you, as, long as you're shooting threes, you're going to get paid. So it all works out. Anyway. Daddy G, that's all he's doing right now. He's right. standing he in is. the corner. Just pass me the ball. I'm going to pass me the ball. The I'm touch open. never goes away. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, how, how have you? You know, the, there were those summers where you played for the national team, right. and then there were the summers where you'd start coming back to Toronto. Mm-hmm. How, what What is the process on, on a summer day? To stay in shape. So look, there's no way to emulate being in basketball shape if you're not playing yeah. basketball. Right. So like that's a common misconception that you can get on a treadmill and you can run and then you can step on a court and it's going to translate. You can't. You might be able to try to run as hard as you can on the treadmill for one minute, uh, get off, do some defensive slides, uh, you know, try to do some rim taps for, for <laughs> 10 seconds and then call a timeout or something. But outside of that, you really need to play five on five to get integrated with the game, to get used to the dynamic movement that we talked about earlier. Um, uh, but, you know, in terms of doing work for yourself, you know, you can get those miles in so you have a baseline cardio. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get your weight lifts in so you, so you, you don't feel like you've lost core strength or, right. or, or strength overall. Um, but outside of, you know, those three weeks, those, that's a crucial time for those NBA players to just get back that basketball shape and realistically there's no way to do that without being in the gym with them okay so for my personal workouts three weeks yeah i'll, I'll be back to like the pitiful shape i was in before <laughs> the lockdown and i can go from there see and i also wanted to tag along to what he was saying yeah. is you know I, I always hated those guys that would you know i got up at six o'clock in the morning and i was i was working at six right I, yeah it was had, kobe had bryant seven. though that started that's it. bullshit that, God rest, rest Kobe, but I, I've spoke to some of his teammates before that have, I've had relationships with. And it's, again, it's working smart and not just working. I, again, those guys that are talking about I wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning and I work all the way until 6 at night, you can't. A part of improving as well is allowing your body to recover and, mm-hmm. and catch up to where you are. Well, so you did, you, you did talk about Pat Bev on a visit. Tell that story because you said he was one of those cats, right? But okay, so Pat Bev, he, I had him on a visit when he came to Michigan for. We're trying to recruit him to come. He never came. I mean, everything obviously worked out for him. So, <laughs> but yeah, we 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 had him on a visit. He came in. Um, you know, he woke up. Mind you, we we'd go out, show him a good time at night. But he would wake up at six o'clock in the morning. He would go into the gym and not 
even pick up a basketball. He mm-hmm. would just do cones, like footwork with cones, running mm-hmm. up and down, the, running up and down the court. I've seen guys not like that, yeah. exerting himself yeah. too much, mm-hmm. but really working on footwork and for an hour. That then down. he would shut it down. Yeah, you know, come back later in the day. And it was the same with Steve. Steve's the same the same way. Like he was really meticulous. Steve with stuff. Nash. Steve Nash. Kenny Atkinson, the coach for Brooklyn Nets for a bit. Yeah. Uh, he was like that as well when I was in New York. He'd be the first one in the gym at six a.m. just doing footwork, zero steps footwork. with no basketball. I mean, oh. the guy was driven. You got to respect guys. Yeah, but that think about like Pat that. Bev's game. Oh, Patrick Beverly needs that. That guy, he, his threes average. And look, and Steve but as well. Why? He's really. This is a guy that I've seen go into the gym and and off of one foot just do form shooting for an hour. Form okay. For an hour. My Keep question though is why at six a.m. Can't you go at because a no one else civilized is time? Like <laughs> that's that's the Goggins mentality. Yeah, that's yeah. what David got because nobody else is doing it. It's hot as shit outside, and and okay. why am I running? Because you're not running. You're not running. <laughs> but I those think- are the same guys that also identified with. I need to allow my body to recover. Mm-hmm. I, this is, this time is allotted for rest, mm-hmm. so they're really scheduled. And Luis just, Luis Skull is a huge advocate of that. Exactly of, of rest in between his workout. He just goes to the gym and he sleeps, and and that's spoken volumes about his longevity in the game. He's still playing. He just signed a contract in Varese in Italy. Really? Right. And after being in Milano. I don't even know how old he is now. What, 37, 38? Too old. And if yeah, your body, <laughs> like, if you think about it, if your body's broken down, are you productive? It doesn't matter how much you work out. Right. You still can't produce what you Absolutely. put in. So these guys are really, meti- they put in a lot of work. Yeah. Really, all at any hour, but it's really meticulous. It's locked and in for that. It's backed by sports science now. Yes. That's that's a that's something that's coming to the forefront of, of all sports. Yeah. And it's it's a new way of producing efficiently while while maintaining your healthy balance for your body as well. So, right. Yeah, for sure. Nice, nice. Okay. I, I think we we understand the injury prevention, fitness levels. I, I think you guys sh- have shed a light on it that I really haven't thought of too much before. I, I want to talk about one of my favorite coaches in the NBA and somebody who I think speaks for probably a generation and maybe two generations, and it's Greg Popovich. And there's kind of, there's two levels to it. I guess one is kind of serious and one is more joking. I'll, I'll start with the serious one. You know, his press conferences with the San Antonio Spurs right now are starting out in a very original way, very unique. And it's almost something I would expect from Pop. And I kind of wonder why he hasn't been doing it all these years. And I definitely wonder why he can't just be the president of the United States. So he'll get asked a question um, in the Spurs press conference. Uh, I think one day I saw something like, any injuries to report? Or is Marco Bellinelli going to play today? And he started with a a 90-second response about uh, Black Lives Matter and how how blacks have been treated historically through through the 400 years of, of American history. What what do you think of that? What do you think of, A, what he says, but also how he's using that platform, which is traditionally very technically oriented to basketball and giving journalists quick answers to information for their stories, for him to use that? What, what do you think of that use of his time? I mean, he, he's at the forefront of this. Uh, I never questioned Pop's... Uh, ethics, I, you know, Myers Leonard stood because his brother was in the army. Uh, uh, Jonathan Isaac also stood um, as a as a black guy in the NBA, and you know everybody has their reasons. But uh, you know, Demar Derozan back pop. You know, he said, "Do not vilify pop because he's been at the forefront of this since it began." 
um, you know, saying that he felt embarrassed being a person of white privilege, uh, that, you know, he's calling Trump a deranged idiot. He's using his time <laughs> very wisely uh, as opposed to, you know, some guys who maybe are just making a couple Instagram posts and, you know, just kneeling with the rest of everybody else. Um, he's 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 using all of his platforms uh, for activism. And so I stand behind Pop. He said he doesn't really know why he stood. But, you know, that's 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 his reasoning. And you have to respect that. I, I absolutely do. And I don't think, you know, we don't want to go all the way to the other side where at first it was, why is this guy kneeling during the anthem? That's disrespectful to now get to the point of, well, why are you standing for the anthem? Mm-hmm. You know, there, there has to be kind of a, a common ground there. And, you, you know, you also want to remember that the original point in, in a lot of this, mm-hmm. other than to, you know, Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. is that people have these freedoms. You're allowed to express yourself. You're allowed to express Absolutely. your opinion. What What about you, Shep? What do you think of, about the way Pop kind of handles, uh, not the, the glare or the spotlight, but his position as a, an uh, one of the elders and the wise people in a league that is really more progressive than any anything else maybe in the world? You know, I, I, like Damar said, Pop's has been at the forefront of, you know, this movement. So you really can't... Um, really say much about him in a sense because he's, he's used his platform in a useful manner just to project, you know, a whole different mind frame, right? Or, or hit, use that as his, as his, as his part, as his contribution. So I think the space that he's used, um, he's, it's, it's been in the right direction. Yeah. So it's, it's really tough to really, you know, Hard to criticize. Hard what to he's criticize doing. Yeah, what he, he's doing. I, I think I think what he's doing is is amazing. I think if you follow Steve Kerr on social media, you see also he's he's very outspoken. Because if all right, let's flip the script. If Pop kneels and doesn't doesn't speak, then he's just you know he's not really doing much. Mm-hmm. He's doing the same as everybody else. But I think this what he's doing now actually is more of a message than than um, you know kneeling and being silent right which i think just speaks to pop he just always finds a way to convey what i think is the right message in the right way at the right like time. even if we even you know play devil's advocate him standing stirs controversy to listen to hear what he's saying for even sure. more for sure right so Who knows if that's his intention but so we never know yeah it's it is almost incidental or, or accidental but he he really just Pop knows how to get that how to get that message across, and you know obviously he's going to be a Hall of Fame coach. That 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 doesn't come into question. But I think, you know, he he's just such a great leader. I hope one day he writes a book Absolutely. on leadership. You know, it you know one year uh, when I was traveling with the Raptors, we got to meet John Wooden in in Westwood, and he signed books for all the Raptors players. This is a while ago. I remember Vince Carter was in the room and I was just in awe just of being in, in coach Wooden's presence. And, you know, I still have the book. I think it was called my personal best. You know, uh, here at uh, Jim rats and joints, we, we do have a sponsor, uh, a fortunate, uh, a beer sponsor, the Henderson brewery. The best beer is the beer you love. And I stopped by the brewery on my way to the podcast today. And, uh, <laughs> I got to thank, uh, Aiden Wiener, one of the owners of the brewery, we got a, a lovely care package of Henderson Food Truck, which is, uh, I think, at the top of the top in uh, Canadian craft beer, something I'm actually quite passionate about. So thanks to Aiden, thanks to Henderson, and pour yourself a cold one. The best beer is the beer you love. 
Oh, that timing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, also, you know what? I'm just going to take this opportunity. A quick shout out to my dad, Gary Gladman. Had his 74th birthday uh, recently. He's he's been through a lot this summer. Uh, love you, Dad. Thanks for listening. You better Happy be listening. Birthday, shout out, pops. Big shout download. Out pops. Download <laughs> 400 times. Gary. <laughs> there you go. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, I, I still I want to go back to Popovich. We talked about his social issue commentary. Something that he said about uh, Nikola Jokic really stood out for me too. He gave him the full-on comparison to Larry Bird, which I think is is super interesting. It, and it, it struck a chord with me because it made me think of when Larry Bird was a veteran in the NBA and compared a rookie Michael Jordan. He said, he's God disguised as Michael Jordan. I, I remember it as a kid. I've never forgotten it. And now here you have Popovich, who would not express a superlative if he did not actually believe it. Um Jokic, what did somebody call him, Butterball once? Or Butterball. I, I think it was even Michael Grange uh, of uh, Sportsnet who, who compared him to like a bag of milk <laughs> in terms of the shape of his body. But there's no doubting he is a unbelievably gifted, brilliant basketball player. Is a comparison to Larry Bird appropriate? I don't know. I don't know, really. I think they're, they're ultimately two different players. I think they're, they're two different positions. I think... They're both equally as... Just as, looking at the bad bodies. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> they're but, both equally as bad built. Bad yeah, body, yeah. It's, the, it's the bad bodies, it's the bad bodies. that mind, though. Yeah. Right? Like, I they're, mean, they're their intellect. They're is, basketball savvy, their IQ. I mean, uh, Jokic obviously grew up in Europe, so I think he's more... Smarter. <laughs> more smarter, <laughs> yeah. How about that? <laughs> I think he's more inclined to be a pass-first guy. I think he sees the floor better than most bigs who who grow up in a system in in the states where it's it's probably score first. Or yeah, score guys. first. So if, you, if you're a guy who's not playing above the rim, you got to find other ways to contribute. And I think Jokic is a a perfect example of that. I mean, obviously, if you look at the impersonators on on Instagram now, you know they roast him. Yeah, yeah, they roast yeah. Him. It's, it's hilarious too. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I want that guy on my team. Uh, you know, he's going to win games. He's a big body. He can shoot the ball. He's everything encompassed that that Larry Bird had in his game as well, but they're just two different eras. You want you want to add anything to that? Just to what you touched on that yeah. the, the fact that they're two different eras. I, I for me, I hate when people compare uh-huh. the eras because so much has changed. One yeah. like we've changed so many rules. Yeah. That's two complete different games as well as just com- it's two complete different characters and styles and mm-hmm. cultures of mm-hmm. basketball. But I will say this: the game has sped up. Yeah, yeah, exponentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So for Jokic to be able to do what he's doing now is almost more impressive than Bird was able to do then. I agree. I agree. Well, I'm not saying he's a better player. No, no, Jokic no. no. I, I, Jokic still keeps up, even though the pace is quicker. Absolutely. Yeah. And he makes, you know, he's ultimately the MVP of that. I'll team. probably get he's, crucified for this, but I think there's a lot more players now that w- would be able to cross over just because of the speed of the game. Uh-huh. They'll be able to keep up in, you know, basketball in the '80s. Uh-huh. Than 
players in the 80s would be able to cross sure. over yeah. uh, into the For 90s, sure. 2000s. But then, but then, of course, you know, if they, if the players in the 80s had the access to the, the care, the treatment, yes. the, but the training. But for those reasons yes. right there is why yeah. we shouldn't compare yes. 100%. The, the, you know, 100%. the two eras. And that's where that sports science comes in. Yeah. It's a whole different ballgame. Exactly. Now. I mean, it's a very un, unpopular opinion that you can compare those two and, and put Jokic in that conversation. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, all things considered, I think you can put them in that conversation. Every time I hear the words sport and science together, I think of one man, Alex McKechnie. Alex McKechnie. And wh- you know what load we're going to... management. Now, now we have Trademark. to get Mr. Load Management onto the podcast just Absolutely. so you can do the Alex impression right in front of his face. <laughs> we're going to do that one day when we have... When we have <laughs> one day. Do Sir, it now. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Alex McKechnie is uh, legend. A, a, a legend, a genius in the NBA and... Uh, a cut up too. I mean, Beautiful that guy. Human being. That guy can light up a room yeah. with jokes like Absolutely. instantaneously. Yeah. Um, speaking of Alex McKechnie and his team, the Toronto Raptors, the defending champions. Man, they came out healthy. They came out gunning up. Patrick McCaw has has left the bubble though due due to an injury or illness. Uh, I, I'm not sure I even understood what it was, but I, I feel bad for him. Um, just seeing the Raptors in their first few games. Man, they look so good already. I I have to con- I don't want to, but I consider them the favorite easily yeah. to win the East and probably yeah. to win the league yet again. Shep, why does the um, why does the media, the experts, the people who follow the league so closely and know so much? How do they overlook the Raptors again? Because the Raptors aren't as "Quote unquote talent per se, talented per se, so the story is not as enter, you know enticing. Mm-hmm. You know, media. You know, God forbid I say media because we're <laughs> in, in it, lane, but that's not the storyline people want to hear. They want to hear what LeBron's doing. They want to hear what you know the Kevin Durant's are doing. But from a from a basketball actual basketball component, mm-hmm. you know, these guys have been built foundation up. I said it earlier." You know, a lot of those guys came up in the Raptors affiliate G League team, the 905 system. So this is not a team you just put together last year, Mm -hmm. you know, and surrounded around Kawhi. These guys have been coming up together for the last four or five years, unlike a lot of these other teams. Shep, you're in the media, and we all understand that we have to have clickbait and, and keywords and throw out the big names that attract more listeners. But when it comes down to it, when guys make their picks... Or have to say who they think is who's going to win and why. Their integrity has to has to come out and play. And they just keep whiffing on the Raptors, who I think are night and day the best team in the East. And I, I just I wish I could understand why the why they're not taken seriously. Well, because because media is what puts that information out out there. Media is controversy or <laughs> storyline. So everybody's protecting their jobs. Now, when we're in a conversation like this or a podcast, podcast like this, we can have a basketball conversation and, you know, get to see, get to identify. Like, hey, are Sh- you know, Shep, you're not getting paid this week. No, just I'm, so you know. I'm done for. I'm done for. I'm going to be out. You I'm get be two free beers and get the <laughs> fuck out. But, no, nah, like, the, you know. And you know what? That's good because being the... We're the champions, defending champions, but we're still the underdogs. At, so you got to love that. At some yeah. extent. Do, do you agree with that, Andy? Are they, are they coming in as defending champions and still totally underrated? I love that. Uh, you know, 
as somebody myself, as a basketball player who always felt like the underdog, you really don't feel that pressure that the superstar athletes feel. And I think it's the Raptors' lack. I'm not saying that they're not stars. I'm not saying that they're not immensely talented players. Their superstar presence, I think, is something that they don't really have. And that's not the culture that they built there, which so, is great because they're a well-oiled team. And I will take that over having one or two big-time superstars without chemistry any day. And I think that Nick Nurse has cultivated that program to a T. And they know how to run their system. And they trust the guys that they have. And that's why they've been so successful. So question for you guys. I'm probably getting drunk with this. The food truck, so <laughs> it I'm has probably rambling. Effect. It has that effect. But no. Now, if, this, if the Raptors team was a team in the States, mm-hmm. would they be getting more respect? Because I yeah. think a lot that has to do with it as well is yeah. the, is the engine the and the power behind those outlets versus, versus ours, per right. se, and just not, people not respecting mm-hmm. Canada on a whole. So I think that also has something to do with Turning it. my own question right back on me. You know what? I, I think there really is, you really have a point there. I mean, why would American media, which is so competitive for eyeballs and viewership and clicks, why should they cover the Toronto Raptors? Now, I don't think that as Canadians, we should care. I I don't care if the Raptors are or aren't on the cover of ESPN.com or Sports Mm -hmm. Illustrated or whatever whatever the big publications are. But I I, I do understand it, and I, I guess a lot of it also comes down to they just don't really watch the Raptors that much. They're not on the national games. You know, most of the time when they're on in the States, they're, you know, they're on the, the local regional channels. But, at, you know, at the same time, you know, they, they have the respect around the league from the coaches, from the other players. Raptors have regularly been voted into the All-Star game, mm-hmm. you know, which is part players, part media, part fans. So it, it, there is some... There is some degree of it, but I, I, I got to agree with you. The fact that it's a Canadian team, you know, it, it all kind of works in now that they're at the championship level. They aren't taken seriously in the States, which lets them be the underdog, but they also can just go about their business without, you know, there's a, there's a big glare in Toronto, but at this point, it's who's going to, who can criticize the Raptors? Yeah. Nobody right now. As well as we're not, people don't, give us the credit we deserve because Golden State was quote-unquote depleted. So there's that aspect, and then you add in, you know, TSN isn't really competing with, can't really compete with ESPN and and those outlets. So we're kind of shafted a bit, in a sense, from both angles. Oh, we didn't really earn it because we didn't really face a complete... But then then Golden State's first title gets an asterisk, too, because Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving... Did not play in that round, so uh, whenever whenever I hear that, I say, I mean, hey, it's a it's a war of attrition. But Danny G, you you're in media, and you just use the word Danny G is media. He is, he is, is. <laughs> he is media, ubiquitous. Instead of using the word wrong, used whiffed. You kind of give them a like they're wrong all the time down there, and it like the only guy that I see on the morning shows, Perk. That guy is right. Yeah. All like I line up if there's a guy, you know, you're talking about presidents, I would line up behind that guy if it was just for yeah. so how do you feel well, about that? That that is that is interesting. And I, I do love Perk, but he's getting in some trouble now too with his quote truth telling. You know, he called out Lou Williams for leaving the bubble. Lou Williams got in some trouble. Perk calls him out, but then Lou fires back 
and says, yeah, yeah, Perk, just keep spouting the BS. You know, when, when he's when we're not on TV, you pat us on the back right. and say, yo, yo, it was just TV. Yeah. So that's what goes back to what Shep said. It's what's going to grab eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure that was, you know, the, the headline of the day right there. And everybody knew that, especially yeah. Perk, to, you know, raise his status as a newcomer in yeah. the game of broadcasting yeah. as yep. well. Tough. And, you know, look, at Bar- Barkley picked the Raptors to get to the finals mm-hmm. in 2018. Mm-hmm. So, DJ, you and I were talking about this the other things. day. You and I were talking about the fact that, so, so I, I think I might negate what I said on superstar presence here in Toronto. Kyle Lowry is ultimately one of the most underrated basketball players uh, yes. in all of the NBA consistently year after year. I'm guilty of that. Yeah. yeah. Really? I think everybody is at a certain point. But what Kyle has showed us year after year. His Sorry, leadership. why? Why is he one of the most underrated? No. What why is do you underrate him? him? I don't underrate him at all. Why does the no. general public? I think and he and should I, have that superstar t- tag. I, I, see, I see a lot of hate going his way. Yeah. On Twitter, wherever as well. Uh-huh. For some reason, he hasn't been accepted like a Steph Curry, uh-huh. Dame Lillard. Uh-huh. I mean, what like what is it about him that people overlook? There's, I think he's missing the wow factor. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, you know, his build. He doesn't. He just looks like a chubby kid. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's one. But he's he's a winner. He does. He's, he's an not, absolute winner. He's and that's it. Like he's yeah. not going to go dunk. He's not going to go. He's not going to give you fifty on on back to back one. That's once, the problem. It's once or twice. <laughs> he's not going to give you fifty on back to back nights. Yeah. He's not probably not going to cross. You know, you're not going into seeing him cross a guy two or three times, mm-hmm. um, in a in a game like Iverson. But at the same time, um, if you look at the, the Toronto Raptors. Over the years with Kyle Lowry, they've they've just gotten better over the years, year right? So year. that's not the and stuff people. Who your point guard is matters for that, exactly, because because you kind of you know build your franchise around that. And right. Demar was a huge part of that success, and I think Kyle just you know he 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 built that culture and he carried it with him. But and none of that ends up on a highlight reel, exactly. That's a big. Well, and it, it's it's unfortunate that you know the flash or the sizzle is is part of what is taken into consideration. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, you, you do have to be fair. Before the 2019 championship, you know, Kyle has put up good numbers, mm-hmm. above average numbers, but this is an age where triple do- uh, Westbrook averages a triple-double, and Steph does this, and Dame puts up 50. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, there, there's a lot of great point guards, and also, you know, Lowry's playoff performances up until 2019, even at the start of the 2019 series, I, I think it was... I don't know if it was Game One, Orlando, or Philadelphia. He he put up a goose egg. Mm-hmm. So there, there's but he's also the guy that, who stayed in the gym after those games. And yeah, got shots up until one or two Absolutely. in the morning. But the the critics mm-hmm. have evidence they can point to why sometimes he he gets a bad rap. Mm-hmm. Which the, is I I mean look I think he's the best raptor of all time. I don't even think it's close. And I think he has built himself. He's got a Hall of Fame career now, man. NBA championship, gold medal. The, the critics don't appreciate basketball. They like basketball. So that's the difference. Like when you appreciate basketball, you look at it from different layers. And it's, it's an art, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you, you're going to watch the progressions. You identify and the progressions. There's no doubt that, in part, Fred Van Fleet is the player he is because of Kyle Lowry as well. I mean, Absolutely. not to say that Fred's not immensely talented himself, but to grow up watching him uh, and had that guidance under his wing is, is speaks volumes about his. I'm the man too. I am today because of producer Dan Wong. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to same, I'd same like to say yes all. to that, but it's completely untrue. <laughs> we, all got, we all got our mentors. Danny G went to University of Virginia, then to Western, and he knew more about basketball in the late '90s and early 2000s at Sportsnet than anybody on the floor, even me. 
<laughs> and there was only four of us who liked basketball. basketball times, have, times have changed in 20 years. <laughs> Basketball's pretty, pretty popular. Um, we have to, I can't believe we're like how fast the time goes here. You know, last week we talked, we got picks, speaking of us, experts here. I use the quotations for experts. We talked about the East. Um, so let's, let's shift it to the West. Who, I'm going to start with Shep. Yeah. Who do you like to be the... I don't know, was it the West, the two finalists for the West? Who's going to battle it out for the West? And maybe is there an early round series that you'd find particularly intriguing? I'm going to say Clippers and Lakers. Uh, I'm just not a fan of Houston. I, I hate the way they play basketball. I, <laughs> I saw that tweet. That's fair it. enough. I do too. I, I hate it. Yeah. It's not basketball. And I don't think any of those guys are going to win championships mm-hmm. unless they take a lesser role and just accept you're not going to be. You're not the main guy, and that includes James Hard- James Harden. He, you can't play basketball that way and win a championship. Well, it's an erratic system. Yeah, it's just up and down. It's just numbers. And then you have you have Harden and Westbrook together. This is a crash course waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's hard to it's hard to imagine Houston even getting to the finals. They have t- incredible talent with those two. But yeah, I, I agree. The way they play, you know, they get cold from the three point line. It, it's it's over, but you, know? you still don't want to play them. I'll say that much. Like you still sh- don't right. want to play them. Right. Absolutely. Okay. They, they're now, still competitors. Is there, is there a Western a potential matchup? You know, s- somewhere in there before the West Finals that you would consider to be a, a, a an amazing for sure seven game series. Maybe L A and Houston. Which L A? The Lakers. Lakers. Sorry. Really yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I think with Houston could give them a run for their money. Yes, because I don't think the Clippers, sorry, the Lakers have gelled enough yet. They have talent. They have LeBron. Um, they have enough talent to make it interesting. But as far as the chemistry goes, it's not there. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. but they still have LeBron. You can't negate that. that. No. Now you have Houston, a team that they just don't like. I, that I don't like. But, but they, they can throw a scare in you. Right. And they come out to embarrass you every game. So I think that, strangely enough, can can provide a, a pretty good series. Interesting. How about you, Andy? Who do you like going to the West Finals? Is it a is it the all uh LA yeah, story? It's it's hard to root against those two teams, especially considering their depth. I know that the Lakers are having uh, a, their, their struggles right now, but I think they're gonna get it together. Frank Vogel will write that ship. I'm positive. And you know, LeBron won't let that happen either. Um Two teams that are interesting to me right now are the Mavericks. You know, Luka Doncic is just mm-hmm. a monster. He put up, you know, he's putting up astronomical numbers right now. Chris Dabbs is healthy, um, and 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 it's weird because the Blazers are playing good right now too, and they're always a team that that are going to be dangerous. If you have Dame, you know, CJ can are compliment. You, his are games. you guys? A, are you a Dame fan? I'm a huge Dame fan. Oh. You're not? How can you not? I'm not be? man. What? How? Why? I'm not. I, I think I like. I, He's a every, killer. I think I like point guards that that. I, maybe this is the media side. He just doesn't. You just want to get the ball, so you like pass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get, <laughs> like, get it somewhere. Get it somewhere. Yeah, get it somewhere. Stand in the corner. Like, get it to me. Get out the way. But no, he's a, he's a really good player. Yeah, he's a really good player. And I, you know what? Actually, his for his workout when he was coming out of college, I was actually. We were, we had national team practice, I believe it was. There was, some, there was something going on uh, down at ACC, and he actually came in to have his pre-draft workout. Mm-hmm. So we had a chance to sit down and and chop it up briefly. This mm-hmm. was before. Was that was that when Johnny was there? 
Johnny. They hosted the the NBA workouts there, right? The pre-draft. Yeah. Was that Johnny? Johnny Flynn. Was that oh, that class? Yeah. It may have been. I can't remember. I think exactly. Johnny Flynn was the Steph Curry. Wasn't he chosen ahead of Steph Curry? He might have. He was a yeah. what, fourth pick, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. Johnny didn't get hurt. Side note: Johnny would have been a nice. long time perennial, yeah. perennial okay. NBA okay. player. Yeah. Okay, that's that is good to know because he's he is kind of whatever happened to kind of guys. Yeah. Because I mean, he was great at Syracuse and yeah. he was very highly highly touted, yeah. but didn't work out. But, but yes, but he, but Dame Dame is I'm I'm a Dame fan. But just to finish that, I remember yeah. um, him coming in. He just finished his workout, yeah. and it was the same with Demar years before. So I'll give that story in another uh-huh. podcast. But he came in, and you know I'm thinking I'm big national team guy. I'm you know I'm down at the ACC working out. Uh-huh. Like this young young buck coming in. He's probably a second round guy. Like, uh-huh. I'm not really thinking much of it. So we get to talking. I'm just you know I'm big big time, and I'm patting him on his back. How's how was it going, young fella? Uh-huh. How was the workout? <laughs> then I, I I asked him. Um, just not even knowing who it was because you know once we leave college we didn't really pay attention to it as much for sure just asking him you know how the workout was have you had heard any whispers of potentially going first round I had no clue who this uh-huh. kid was <laughs> well he went to Weber State to be fair right so that's and he a, just you know, he humbly just said yeah everything is going well I'm, I'm getting some good feedback uh-huh. um, little did I know that this was going to be Dame, like, Dame Lillard right? Dame Lillard yeah. like yeah. the guy so is this- I hear he's a big fan of Javon Shepard, though. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, uh, his humility, man, his humility. Yeah, can't, yeah I couldn't speak he, enough he's, about that. Uh, he's having a career, man. I mean, forty-five the other night against Denver. I, I think his winning shot against Oklahoma City, where mm-hmm. he just shot from like thirty-two feet in but Paul the, George's face, series dagger. It was perfect, incredible. It was perfect. But those are the shots he takes sometimes that just throw me off. Like, damn, you're better than that. Yeah, but Steph like, does it too. Mm-hmm. And no, you know, it, Steph's had more help. Um, Dame really—it's been him and McCollum. And the fact that he hasn't league. left to seek, you know, uh, yeah. championships elsewhere. He stayed yeah. low to Portland. Well, Marcus yeah, Aldridge low. left them. Exactly. They still got to the West Finals uh, last year mm-hmm. in, tw- in twenty nineteen. Yeah. You know, they lost some key some key players this year and have, have had injuries. He's but not doing it with much. He's right, not it you know the fact that Nurk is back as well. If I'm the Lakers, uh-huh. I'd much rather have Memphis Grizzlies in the first round than Easily. Portland Trailblazers. Easily. Oh, for yeah. sure. Um, oh, wait, Danny G. Yeah, we need to hear your pick. Yeah, before I, you ask more right. questions, <laughs> I, I I got it set up in the West. I I think it's going to be the Clippers in Denver, um, okay. unless unless that ends up as the two three, which I guess even even with all those cats coming back, they'll be like back there's tomorrow. Eight of them. Allegedly. I just I think Denver is the deepest and most talented team in the West, other than maybe the Clippers. But Denver's just got so many uh, weapons, and now Michael Porter establishing himself. Um, I think if healthy, which goes really for any prediction for any team, but I think the Nuggets, especially losing last year in the second round when they did, they are on like. They're the team on a mission this year, like Toronto was last year. And you year. have to love Mike Malone. At, oh, you have to love see, Mike Malone. You took he the words out of my mouth. Yep. yep. Well, tell he coached both he, of you guys, yep. right? right? Yeah. And Mike Malone is just—he's a stellar human being. He finds a way to connect with all of his players. players he finds a way man. to motivate them. Where'd you guys both national cross team. over with national, national team. team? Yeah. He was the assistant to Leo Routens, correct? That's right. Yeah. That's, yeah. Right. that's right. Yeah. And that's uh, he's, he's a player's he's, coach. He's an acronym guy. KYP. I don't know if you yeah, know your personnel. Know your personnel. That's Brendan Malone's son, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. So full-on Eric Spolstra. Hold on. What? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Really? We're dropping knowledge. Wow. I didn't know that. Brendan Malone, former Syracuse guy as well. 
Zero degrees of separation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, we, yeah. seriously, we're running out of time. So let, let's go through those last couple things here. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like we have to uh, we have to talk Canadian Elite Basketball League, CBL. Um, I, I have two separate questions for each of you, but Javon, you have followed it, covered it as closely as anybody in the room right now, and you were a draft pick in that league one year. Mm-hmm. Um, as we go into the, the championship weekend, the final four weekend, who do you like to win it? The four teams left are Edmonton Stingers, Fraser Valley Bandits, Ottawa Blackjacks, Hamilton Honey Badgers. How about that? I, I knew all four. Who do you like to win? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, I really like Hamilton's story because, yeah. you know, they've, they've as well as the connection, like Jermaine Anderson, the GM, is is pretty much my right hand. And, and shout out to Rock. Shout out to Rock. Big shout One out. Of the he, best actually, humans on the planet. he actually got me the ba- basketball. I don't know what Andy was doing. but, <laughs> but <laughs> Still playing. Still, still playing. <laughs> no, but I, I like their story just because they've gone through so much adversity. Um, and, you know, right at the tip of training camp, they lost Mikhail McIntosh as well as Justin Jackson, who would have been their two best players. Fast forward to last week, they lose Dwayne Notice, who was arguably, arguably playing the, the best basketball for them. Yeah. Yeah. To an Achilles injury. Praise you know, out to Dwayne. Yeah. Shout out to Dwayne on speedy recovery. And then, you know, his replacement, they end up losing because his team in Europe didn't want him to play anymore after playing two games and being then again their best player. Mm. So just that storyline, the fact that they've been able to get here and Coach Ryan Schmidt being a first time head coach, I, I like their storyline. So I want I definitely want to see okay. them in the finals. Mm-hmm. And Good. then um, Edmonton, Edmonton, I want to see Edmonton there. Uh you know, I feel like Jermaine Small has done a really good job in returning guys, and then they have the the, the last year's MVP. So, uh, just the fact that those guys trusted him enough to come back, and they have the most complete team, it would definitely be a good a good. Look. And as well, Jermaine Small, who's their coach and GM, is also Jermaine Anderson's best friend. Mm-hmm. So it'll be you know a little it's family, family. food, little family yeah, food. Yeah, and, and I mean, in the the what I've watched and what I've been working on with CBC these last couple of weeks, uh, Xavier Moon, who's who you're referring to. He was the most outstanding player in the league last year. I don't think there's any doubt he, he's the MVP of the league this year. What, 18 um, and 4 game, eh? Yeah. yeah. He, he's, he's just been outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy, the, the, the way I want to put the question to you is um, you know, maybe not at, at this stage of your basketball career, but maybe when you were in your first two, three, four years playing in Europe, mm. coming, coming home in the summers, you know, you, you kind of had time in Syracuse, you had time in Toronto, mm. but. Would the would the prospect of playing in this league have been attractive to you? Um, what what uh, benefits would it have brought to you as a, a pro, a young pro player at that time? Oh, it would have been tremendous. Uh, you know, especially for the notoriety. Um, I think it's a great way because we seek ways to stay in shape and play basketball as it is. So for for there to be a way to make money doing that, for it to be by Canadians for Canadians. Uh, if you look at leagues like the Drew League in, in California, you know everybody knows about that. It's it's a you know it's, yeah. a, it's a highly touted league, and you have your programs in Miami, uh, New York. Uh, you know now you have your your OBO here in Toronto. So to put that at a level where it's professional and and you can make some money doing it, I think that it's it's phenomenal and it's a it's a great way to stay uh, in shape and not lose that for the season coming up. Um, and I, I would have loved to participate in it if I could. Nice, if nice. I could have, yeah. Yeah, would have been would have been great to be able to watch it. Okay, um, we, we like to have a little fun here on uh, Jim Rats and Joints. And uh, one thing that I always pay attention to is game presentation. And 
you know, when you watched uh, The Last Dance, you remembered that that song they played when the Bulls got introduced, how dramatic it was. Andy, if you were picking a song for your team, what is the song that you are having the PA play as, as your team is being introduced? But it's your team and you're picking it. So you got to think of your entire team. I, I don't know. I think I think a large part of staying relative and, and connecting with your your players and as like okay, let's say I was managerial at this point is is staying relative and present. So uh, you know, Lou Will's guy, Jack Harlow, yeah, just yeah. <laughs> yeah. one of the more popular okay. songs out. What okay. what's popping? Uh, okay. I think that you know, just to stay relative and 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 find something that the players can connect to and and really. How's that go? You want to hum a bar? What, what's that? I, I'd rather not. No, <laughs> I need to know because okay. I don't know this you know song. Ben, he's gonna have to bring. He's gonna have to bring his guitar. He's gonna have to bring his. Come on, come on. Someone's gotta. Chef, you got a song? Um, probably something Meek Mill with you know. Dreams and Nightmares. Something yes. Meek Mill. He, Honestly, Meek Mill. That's, he gets like, like, that's yeah. the song. That's, that's like, the song. Gets, that's the song that you get in your car and makes you put down your windows and drive yeah. fast. That's always going to get you in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, sure. that song there. That's like, I swear, you can run Dreams and Nightmares wall. is like the new age. Uh, what was Big Hip? Uh, hip no. It was all. What's the biggest track there? It was all. It was all the All right, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he's got to yeah, throw yeah, something sure. down. Okay. Uh, I, I, yeah. Before we get to the wrap-up here, yeah. I'll tell you my song. It will be the second time in this hour that I've shown my age. It's by Fish, the the band of my life. It's a song called Punch You in the Eye, okay. and it goes a little... Okay, there. Trey Anastasio, you can bill me for uh, for rights for using that. Okay, that's going to wrap up episode two of Jim Rats and Joints. It has been an absolute pleasure talking today with Javon Shepard, Andy Routens. Uh, special thanks to our wonderful producer, Dan Wong, our voiceover guy and social media guy, Jeff Cole. My name's Dan Gladman. Thank you for listening. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and uh, we are so happy to be doing this. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.